put the bunny back in the box. I said, put the bunny back in the box. <laughs> Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back at the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide if they hold up today or are best left in the past. I'm Tristan. I'm Greg. And I'm Chris Manson. <laughs> I was like, who the fuck is Chris? Do I have to do that? <laughs> I just pointed at you. <laughs> go, 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 go. So, this is an exciting episode. This is the first episode where we have a friend of the show in the room with us, in the studio. Famous actor. Famous actor, Chris Manson. It is a pleasure, guys. It's good to see uh, how the magic actually works. How the sausage is made. How the sausage were. is made. It's unusual that you have to do this in the nude, that you've got rules around recording. Uh, we in have the a nude. process and it works for us. Yeah. And it we must would be prefer if you suspended judgment. <laughs> it's good for the audio, <laughs> from what I understand. Yeah. Not yeah, wearing yeah. clothes. <laughs> Manson's wearing all velvet so as to absorb the acoustic, uh, no echoing, minimize the echoing. What film are we doing? Actually, this film was uh, Manson's choice as well, wasn't it? You are welcome, everybody. And what film is that? Gone Air. Oh, the feels of that song. Yeah, it gets you, it gets mm. you right in the... Uh, we, had, we had three movies to choose from that... Mm. Because Manson's seen three movies. Manson's seen three <laughs> movies. Or four. He's seen uh, back this would be the fourth movie that I've seen, I think. He's seen Back to the Future three a few times. He's seen Remember the Titans 9,000 times. <laughs> and what else have you they seen? See all, I mean, I've seen more movies when you, when you group the um, sequels together. Like Born, <laughs> oh, Born and Equalizer and Equalizer <laughs> 1 and 2, Taken 1, 2 and 3. Yeah. So, yeah, so I've seen quite a few movies. You like revenge <laughs> movies. Yeah, yeah. I, I always like the Jaws, sequel of the. Haven't seen Jaws. No. Jaws Revenge. Uh, <laughs> should I? <laughs> Surely see that? that title would have lured you based on your taste. I think Jaws Jaws the Revenge was my entry point. Was it? There we Jaws. go. Hey, welcome. I think just the age thing. Well, yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> no, welcome to how you should be watching movies. Ah, they said you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. So the, the movie's Con Air. The year was 1997. They had a budget of 75 million dollars. They had a Worldwide gross of $224 million. So pretty good, pretty good. Can I say hello, 1997? You can. Hello, 1997. Hello, Greg. Man, there's some crackers in this year. It's amazing. Face off. Yeah. Same year. Double cage. We'll talk about this, I'm sure, but this was a turning point for cage, wasn't it? Mm. This was a big deal. Never saw it. As good as it gets. Yeah. Titanic, if that's your thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, I remember no. that year because that was a year that I tried to change my hairstyle to look like Leo DiCaprio's. Uh, I watching you? Titanic, yeah. Successfully? I did the bump part mind, very so. unsuccessfully. <laughs> Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights, yeah. That's probably one of my – that's one of my favourite movies, I think, maybe, potentially. It, yeah. I think yeah. it'll be a top tenner. Yeah. Do you know, I, um, I did notice Titanic, Amistad, mm-hmm. Speed 2. Isn't there another big plane movie from that year as well? Because I, I Air Force One. Yeah. yeah, that was number five. I remember watching that. It beat this. So how did? Yeah. yeah so this was a Conair was a big plane movie. 
yet yeah. it wasn't the number one plane hijack movie of the year. Crazy, right? God, it wasn't God even. Damn it, Harrison. So Conair was number seventeen of the year, which blows my mind. Mm. It was like you go through the top ten. It was probably our demographics number one though. Maybe, but culturally, it still is. No one talks about Air Force One. No one talks about Liar Liar. I could talk quite a lot about Air Force One. Really? That's a, that's a great movie. <laughs> really? Stay off my plane. <laughs> that's Girl. all I know of that. That's all I know. Yeah. Amistad? Tomorrow Never Dies. My Best Friend's Wedding. The Fifth Element. Ooh. That's a big one. That's a juicy one. I dare I say we should put that in the next 10 batch. I'm down. Um, But also Face Off beat this too. Face Off was... Number fourteen, I think, and Con Air was number seventeen. You, you, you know, you know. Oh, that that was. I'm just surprised. Yeah, I, Face Off's I pretty shit, I, isn't it? I can't remember. I well, we should I do it. I, we need to rewatch it soon, as like to level the playing field. Maybe is this a John Travolta thing that it got yeah. so good? I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the twin movie year, Volcano and Dante's Peak. Ah, good. Yeah, I yeah. thought the twin movie were Con Air and Air Force One. Or Speed 2 and The Titanic. Interesting. The Titanic? It's just Titanic, I think isn't it? each of these movies would be better if they just merged. Like the Titanic, like rewriting history, the reason it crashed was because it dropped below 50 or something. That Ooh. could be interesting. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. And Air Force One, like maybe the president's on Con Air. Like yeah. this works, people. Oh. Hey, I'm here, Hollywood, if you ever want to chat. I've got, I got 10 more of these. And they get worse each time. <laughs> I got ideas, man. Actually, I got one for this that I'm going to save for later. Should we talk about Conair? What did this movie yeah. mean to you, Christopher Manson, growing up? What was Conair yeah, for this you? This was a cool movie growing up. Yeah. <laughs> did you try and cool do a Nicolas Cage no. haircut yeah. after this one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Cameron Poe. <laughs> like, no, Poe. shave my temples back. <laughs> <laughs> it needs to peak. Recede, <laughs> recede. <laughs> recede. Uh, that's what I thought when we watched this, I'm jumping ahead, sorry, was that they showed the passage of time by him growing his hair, but it would have been more realistic yeah, to show the passage it. of time with him receding his yeah, hairline. Yeah. Fun fact, continue, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Are you allowed to have hair that long in prison? Oh, I don't know. I mean, like, technically or like, is this not advised? <laughs> no, <it's> like, <laughs> <laughs> I, meant, I meant, are you it's allowed? Not, are people going to think you're a girl and yeah, sex you? Like, yeah. <laughs> no, I just meant you're allowed. I, I, I don't know. I'm, because some even some high schools won't let you do it. That's right. I feel like there'll be a few holes that'll be picked into this movie. Yeah. E.g. hair length in prison. <laughs> yeah, because mm. his hair length from court to going into his prison cell is at least a year of hair length. <laughs> anyway, continue. Tell us about uh, yeah. Manson so this was good. <clears throat> I don't think I saw this at the movies, but this was this was peak recording when it came on TV sort of time. I think. And uh, I reckon yeah. I was around. Uh, what is that? Ninety seven. So I was eleven. Uh, so this was a recorded one, but just like all of my movies that I watched today, I watched it a lot, I think. Yeah. Because, I mean, just the premise of it is just so cool. Like getting a bunch of bad dudes on a plane is just great. It is great. Particularly as an 11-year-old and as a 33-year-old. Yeah. Which we'll get to that point. And let me tell you, as a 35-year-old, it is right there too. <laughs> it's good for 37, just <laughs> adding. <laughs> but it was also but the first time I saw Steve Buscemi for the first time as well, and that was mind-blowing. Yeah, that was that was, um, that was your first experience with with Bashemi. Really, Bashemi? Um, we're, un- we're unclear. Bashwami, friend of the show. Oh, I looked way. this up. So apparently, Bashemi. He says Bashemi. Think, but then he went to Sicily and found out it should be Bashemi. He said, "I had to go all the way to Sicily to find out I say my name wrong." Oh, that'd really be cool to like find that. out if you were saying it wrong the whole time. If you travelled somewhere to realise, oh wait, it's actually Monson. Yeah, like my dad pronounces our name differently to my grandfather. 
Oh, yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> he's a bit more street. That's not street. It's a bit more NBA. <laughs> There's a Burrell NBA. in the NBA. Because there was Scott Burrell, wasn't Scott <laughs> yeah. Burrell? And then there was the runner, Leroy Burrell. Yeah, there you go. And then there was uh, Senator Burrell or what, uh, Commissioner Burrell in uh, The Wire or something. Yeah. So the, in America, I did say Burrell. Yeah. You did? Yeah. And then you come here and you're It's barrel. easy to spell too. <clears throat> yeah, so that's my experience with this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all had similar experiences. <laughs> now, I think I watched this with my mother. Uh, I think on home video, first I thought cinema, but there's no way I went to the cinema with my mum in 1997. That would have been, that would have been social suicide. <laughs> uh, no, I definitely would have thought I was too cool for that. So it must have been home video, but I remember she had a lot to say. I think either she had a big issue with, I can't remember whether it was with Nick Cage or with... Um, uh, John Cusack. Yeah, yeah Cusack. Yeah. Which I am also just like, why, why do I see <laughs> He's got a small mouth, so he didn't see that. He's doing some physical comedy. He's got a small mouth. It looks like, um, you know, in Rick and Morty, when they're not using their mouths, their mouths go, a droopy mouth. Yeah. He's, he's got the real-life droopy mouth. Um, in fact, all of them do, all the yeah. Cusack. Yeah. The, the old mouth. Cusack mouth. He's a tall man. Is he? Is he? How he's, tall? Uh, pretty sure he's like 6'2". Why is he wearing sandals? In this film. They make yeah, that, that's, that's a big character thing. Like, <laughs> this guy wears sandals. Get yeah, ready for this yeah. guy. And then he's just a, yeah, he's, he's a cop. Um, but yeah, I think I probably, I probably liked it on some level at that point, but I think it was only years later once the cage thing really got more steam that I looked back on it with more fondness at the idea of it. That was me. What about you, Greg? Uh, I was in year 10 when you were 11. These are meaningful years, aren't they? Yeah, they really make a difference. Um, so I think, well, I, I know I discovered booze at that point. So my memory was hazy, but it was pretty. I think it was a pretty big movie at the time. Interestingly, obviously, we'll get into Cage a bit more, but his body of work, you would say, is varied. Yeah. Um, but I just thought he was especially a, since I thought he was an action mm. star. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah. We'll so he was an action guy for me that then yeah. started doing other things, as opposed to what he. It was almost the opposite. I think mm. we found. I don't know if that's what you're getting to. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Was yeah, this yeah, Pete Cage? I think it was this his best. I think it's I think it's turning point cage for yeah, sure. Definitely, yeah. yeah. This the year that was face off. It's volume cage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're, we're tapping into volume for sure. Yeah. It's it's like oh shit, I've made some financial decisions. Cage. <laughs> <laughs> I got a, I bought too many pygmy heads. <laughs> yeah, he buys weird shit. Oh, right? Yeah, he's got a couple of cobras. I shouldn't have bought Elvis's <laughs> carcass. <laughs> um, should I get into a bit of background on this movie? Okay, so. This film was uh, produced by one Jerry Bruckheimer, which you may have guessed from anything about this film. Yeah. But it was also the first movie that he produced without his um, production partner up until this point, Don Simpson. Because he had died? Well, they actually the separated death? just before he died. Ah. And the last movie they did before this, yes, was the last one, I guess. That makes sense. But, yeah, he died shortly after this. But um, friends of the show haven't gone all the way back to Beverly Hills Cop. That's where we first talked about these guys. They did Beverly Hills Cop together, Bad Boys, The Rock, yada, yada, yada. Top this Gun. Is Top Gun. This is the duo that kind of gets you to the Michael Bay world of yeah, current I thought this was a Michael Bay movie until reading about it Often misattributed to Michael Bay. And I think there's a lot out there, a bit like we said on the Beverly Hills Cop one, where I think a lot of people just have Jerry Brockheimer, Michael Bay as like one yeah, totally. Mushed up thing of like oversaturated color, hot chicks, and everyone's really tanned and, and sweaty. And choppy. Yeah, Choppy yeah. editing. Yeah, yeah. Scene, 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 scene. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Transformer. I've never, actually, <laughs> I've never actually looked at a movie 
and studied it the way they had to for this one. Oh, studied it. <laughs> watched <laughs> you, it. Can you imagine imagine at home with like mm. glasses? Mm. 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 <laughs> yeah, and throwing crinkled up pieces of paper into rubbish bins. <laughs> Pacing. But, he, but it was Mental very was standing really close to the screen and said, Huh. Who are you, Cameron Poe? <laughs> Tell me. Really? What but makes you very, tick? <laughs> it was very Bad Boys. Yeah. I mean, which is the probably the sixth movie that I've seen. It's very <laughs> one or two. Was, uh, I started with. Oh, no, I started with one. Oh, that's oh, that was very bad against boys. the chronologically. Yeah. Bruckheimer was <laughs> uh, the it's was be. the producer of Bad Boys, but Michael Bay was the director. I believe. I believe so. Bad Boys really. I believe that that's wow. the case. Uh, but the script was by a guy named Scott Rosenboig, who also wrote High Fidelity, another Cusack joint, I guess. Mm. <laughs> um, gone Carol in hates seconds. that movie because he's like, she's like, he's the biggest arsehole ever. Yeah, he kind of is, I guess. But it's, that's what made me like Jack Black. What? That, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, that yeah. Singing, singing. I'm like, oh, I think I, I like Jack Black. I think I, I loved know. him at yeah. that point. Yeah, I didn't know. Um yeah, so this guy also wrote the Jumanji reboot. He also wrote Venom, which is a bad movie, but a pretty good bad movie. I watched movie, it this may week. I, say. I enjoyed uh, Tom Hardy. talking like this. <laughs> did you watch it yeah, properly? I watched it. You did? Oh, did you? Tristan's been on it. You got to watch Venom. Well, I, I was hesitant <laughs> was to recommend it because it's not good. <laughs> it's not good, but he's quite enjoyable in his performance, I would say. Yeah. yeah. There's moments where it's an okay movie, and I'm a big Michelle Williams fan. Really? Yeah. Really? So you liked um, it when he made out with female Venom? Is yes. That- <laughs> oh, Am I, what, why do you say like really? Is this she's not like a beautiful lady? What? No? What no, are you guys looking at? No, no, female I don't know Venom who she is. is the one I was. But oh, when she you're was, not down with Michelle Williams? No, Michelle Williams is fine. fine. I think it's interesting that she, she looks. <laughs> do you like her? I don't know who she is. For some reason she looked 40 in Dawson's Creek and now yeah, she Yeah, she wasn't. Younger. I didn't like her in Dawson's Creek because yeah. she was always whinging yeah. about not because she was competing with she Joey. Looked, she always looked hungover. Yeah, you can't compete with she, Joey. And she, yeah, you can't compete with Joey. She's actually really good in that uh, shit movie. Anyway, She's good in she's most good in, things. She's always good. And she's lovely. She's good. She's That's, good. Is she one of the Williams sisters? Does she play tennis? No, <laughs> she was married to Heath Ledger. Oh, she was in oh. Dawson's Creek. She was the one in that other wasn't things. Katie Holmes. <laughs> you would have seen Inception. And not Pacey. You would oh. love Christopher Nolan. Is she in Inception? Yeah, isn't he the wife, the, the, the wife that keeps burning and disappearing? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, who the hell's Michelle Shutter, Williams? Shutter Island? Maybe. Oh, uh, maybe. Shutter Island. Somebody. Where's her? <laughs> hey, Siri. Hey, Siri. Is Michelle Williams in Shutter Island? Here's what I found. Shut up, Island. Fuck you. Do you reckon our, our kids are going to laugh at how yeah. we had to engage with our voice assistants? Yeah. But they didn't what? understand you, like everything? Yeah. You mean you didn't marry your voice assistant? Yeah. All right, where were we? So Rosenboig's there. Venom, he wrote that. He hires first-time director Simon West. You guys know Simon West? Dominic West's brother? No, but he is English, so maybe. Who the fuck knows? After all, we have the uh, Thoreau's, Thoreau's connection. You know, Justin uh, Thoreau and Louis Theroux are cousins. I did. And they pronounce it differently. I still don't know what? who Justin Thoreau is, other than he was married to Jennifer. He, Isn't he the Aniston. Apple guy? <laughs> That's no. Justin Long. Oh, <laughs> close. <laughs> Damn it, I thought I had the reference. Anyway, let me talk about Simon West. Simon West is the director. He also directed Lara Croft 2, Brady, The Expendables 2. And if you think you don't know him, you actually do. 
And let me uh, hit you with one of his classics. Before he directed this movie, he directed a short film you may know and enjoy. So yeah, he just got Rick Rolled. No, he directed uh, the Rick Rolled. And then video. he did Con Air. And then he did Con Air. I so mean, how did kids? You look at his LinkedIn and go, oh, so you've done. Uh, never going to give IMDb, you up. Yeah. You're ready for this one. <laughs> <laughs> Love your work. Do you with feel? Rick. <laughs> how do you feel that your transition from video clips into blockbuster movies with Nicolas Cage <laughs> could uh, transition? Both plane wrecks. <laughs> oh, hey, cut that out. <laughs> Um, but oh, you know what's interesting about that? So he directed that film, and in some ways, you may say it's his most successful film. Because I was looking at how many views that has on YouTube. That film clip has five hundred nineteen million six hundred ninety nine thousand five hundred fifty eight views, which is quite a lot. I dare say that's more people than have seen Con Air. Is Rick getting the kick, or who's getting the? Uh, that's and that's on his official channel, so he is. Rick's getting the kick. He's man. He's getting big dollars. It's like. I forget that there's a pretty transparent rate card for um, views. So good for him. So just to, to benchmark this a little bit, 590 million is huge because even Beyonce videos, I did, I did some studying, average around 200, 300 million views. So A, Rick Astley uh, and this director have had massive success in, bigger than in Beyonce. what is a beautiful cult art piece, I would call it. Yeah. Um, God, never going to give you up. So how about that? Take that, Beyonce. <laughs> Take yeah. that, Beyonce. I can halo that shit. All right, so we talk about <laughs> talk about the cast a little. So the casting process here. Or the cast are big. Great point, Greg. Very good <laughs> point. Big cast, big characters, big actors here. So before we had Nick Cage in this role, there was talk of more conventional action stars like Bruce Willis, John Claude Van Damme, Dolph, Stallone, Seagal. Yeah, Seagal. Although, yeah, I could see that working pretty well. But uh, Nick Cage took the role. He, he talks a little bit about why he took that role in this little clip here. Cameron Poe was really a fantasy of, as a young boy in Long Beach, California, growing up, skinny kid who read Incredible Hulk comics, you know, who wanted to not be bullied and, you know, wanted to be Cameron Poe. That was my fantasy of who I wanted to be, of who... You know, I, I I would have liked to have been at that age. So I was kind of creating a character that was like the uber version of myself if I was a southern badass. You know, that's who I, that was my expression of that, even though I'm not that. Um, my memory may be playing tricks on me, but was that not similar to Swayze? I feel like Swayze had a similar thing where he wanted to learn martial arts because he was like a theater kid and didn't want to get picked on or something or... It's pretty common. Yeah, uh, yeah, probably. It's probably a pretty common thing. But I thought that was kind of cool. Not pretty common, yeah. Yeah, it makes sense, that that kind of flow of, yeah. Um, Cyrus the Virus. So Malkovich wasn't the first choice. The first choice was Gary Oldman, which would have worked pretty well. I had him in my recasties. I didn't say him, though. I got, when I was looking through, I was like, Gary Oldman? I was like, no, nah, he's probably a bit old. That would have been pretty, yeah, pretty perfect. 
Yes. Ah, my recasting. <laughs> I don't even know who Gary Oldman. First thing, I mean, I thought that you meant the little, the short little um, black guy who <laughs> Gary Coleman. <laughs> what you're works. talking about, Cameron? There's <laughs> obviously a Gary Oldman. Gary Coleman. Yeah. <laughs> I had him in my recasting as well for everyone. Uh, okay, so they also had Mickey Rourke, Willem Dafoe. Oh, who are these characters? For, Cyrus. For Cyrus. Uh, Tim Robbins yep. was in the mix. Ed Harris, William Hurt, Kevin Bacon. Ed Harris, you can see he's got that. He's got a good. Because mm. Ed Harris was because they did the Rock before this, didn't they? Yeah, oh, yeah. So he's the bad the main dude. soldier. Yeah, yeah, the Rock was just before this. Yeah, but apparently Cusack and Buscemi's Buscemi Buscemi's roles were written with them specifically in mind. Cusack, yeah, that's Cusack's weird. role is just pretty vanilla. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm going to write this with the real vanilla guy in mind. Like, what? His, who, who can rock a real nice pair of sandals? It was like, quite hard to recast. Is that one? Yeah, because it's just meh. It's, it's a regular nothing. guy. Yeah. So, so yeah. how can he be written with him in mind? Yeah. Like, that's just, you write him in for must love dogs. That's how I got. That's <laughs> yeah. how I got Matt Damon. I was like, oh, did you have Matt Damon? Don't you dare say that in front of Matt. Who is the most vanilla man in Hollywood? <laughs> oh no, no. Okay, cut that bit out. <laughs> Chris Manson. No. <laughs> Uh, there's a few other little <laughs> little casties in there that we won't go into too much detail now because I think cast is a huge, huge topic anyway, which we'll get into. But there's not a whole lot on the background other than what I just kind of went through. There was a director, there were some casties, and then they made the damn they, movie. They should, planned, we, should we yeah. play the trailer? Play the damn trailer. He's a U.S. Ranger. Highly decorated. Did a little hell raising when he was a kid, but nothing serious. He's defending his wife. Got in a drunken brawl. And he killed a guy. Could have happened to you or me. After serving the last of his sentence, Cameron Poe is taking the first plane home to his wife and daughter. Today's flight is a special one. We're populating Louisiana's Felton Penitentiary. These guys are the worst of the worst. I see a lot of celebrities among us. I see 11 primetime lives, three regions from Kathy Lee's, and a genuine 2020 interview E. What you looking at, punk? Nothing. I was just mile on your cage. But one wrong flight. Stewardess, what's the in-flight movie today? <laughs> can ruin your whole day. What happened? We got the plane, man! Welcome to Con Air. Jailbreak 1, you are not cleared for takeoff. And nobody on this aircraft gives a flyer. The issue here is how the plane is brought down. Shoot it down. There are innocent people up there. He's got a little girl to come home to. He's been waiting for this day for eight years. What are you going to do? What do you think I'm going to do? I'm going to save the day. This summer, check your weapons. Take your seat. Isn't that your car? And say your prayers. We got the whole world in his hands. From Jerry Bruckheimer, the producer of The Rock. Nicholas Cage, John Cusack, John Malkovich. Where are they going to land this thing? How do you feel about the blackjack tables? On June 6th. Buckle up. Con Air. Directed by Simon West. Thank you, and have a pleasant flight. From the man who brought you, never going to give you up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
Exactly. How was the rewatch for you, Manson? Oh, it was good. Yeah? It was good. It was from like almost from the moment that, um, oh, how do I live without you? Yeah. Start started yeah. like very early on. Mm. It just it just brought it all back again. Hey, yeah. um, just on that, uh, that wasn't Leanne Rhymes singing that. No, it was no. Trisha Yearwood. Trisha Yearwood. Ben Rhymes too her, young. Yeah. Oh, is that what it was? They were like it's too poppy, too young. We need that. Oh, really? And then they used the Leanne Rhymes one in the soundtrack. Yeah. And then they didn't use the Trisha. <laughs> it was like a last minute switcheroo thing, and the Grammy went to Trisha Yearwood, and it was a oh, very man. controversial. Man. Yeah, but I loved it, and I loved how they just they get into the story like instantly within mm. three minutes. He's he's in a he's, fight. He's in pro. He's um arrested for. He's I in agree. Jail for seven years, they really like just they, like they just didn't screw it. around. Well, yeah. they want to spend as much time on the plane. Yeah, they need more plane time. Yeah, yeah that's maximize true. the plane. If you know, spend all the money on those planes, you want to be in them. Yeah, around <laughs> yeah. them, <laughs> on them. It's like the airport. You don't want to spend too much time at the airport. Get on the. Yeah, you're gonna get on the plane. Get on the plane. Yeah, that's right. Good, good point. Unless you're in the lounge getting those free Johnny Walker Reds. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think, Tristan? Uh, Don't well, say it. What? Better be good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. this was highly enjoyable. Like I said, this was my first choice for when I got a soundbar for years ago. So I'm like, this is my jam. Still enjoyed it very much. I really admired the look, uh, the disembarkation of, of the bus initially and his, his sweet hair blown in the breeze and... <laughs> Smelling sweet freedom. His thin, receding hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, delicately so... tossed in the light wind. It's a bold <laughs> move to grow your hair out like that when you really have, you know. Because at that stage, he'd never had wind hit his receding hairline in his life. I thought it was a strong look. His hair, his accent. He apparently went to Alabama for a while to really perfect his accent. As in, for like, drove through? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah like, should have stayed He longer. watched Gump. <laughs> well, kind of, yeah. Um, his bootcut jeans. It was just an iconic look, and and I think when we talked about like the casting process there, I think this may be a big topic for later. Let's come back to it. I'm going to put the question out there now. Is Nick Cage part of the lap pack? We'll come back to that. Um, I also think it's interesting. It's relatively in a in a in a movie. Uh, in a time. In a time. In a movie with Nicolas Cage. With the Nicolas Cage we know today. It's interesting to watch this movie and go, he's actually giving one of the most restrained performances out of the whole bunch. Like, there's no crazy faces in this one. There's no uh, vampires, kids, craziness. Um, and, but, and, and the banter, I enjoyed it, but it's also the most unrealistic banter that it was ever put down on paper. Like, everyone's so ready with a little, what's the inflate movie? And he's like, oh, it's I'll Never Get Laid on the Beach Again. With it followed up by it. It's like, whoa, who has, they're like improving. These are like improv gods on this plane. Say. Like, and they're like, Anara. Yeah, Sayonara. That was, that was the big one <laughs> for me. It was, there was a, a millionth of a second for him to go, Anara, yeah. after someone's trying to say his name, Cyrus. I think, I think you're making <laughs> a big assumption on, on America's incarcerated community <laughs> and their ability to think on they're their feet. very quick. Criminal. I like that they're all, they're all on this plane. They're about so. to hijack this plane, but they're all yes ending so well. They're like, guys, <laughs> are we doing this? <laughs> Should we keep going? Yeah. All okay. right. So okay. okay, we're on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and we're criminals. <laughs> <laughs> like with these skills, they should fucking do that. Like, it's, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> well, Chappelle was he ad libbed all his. Oh yeah, pa- he was. Pa- he, yeah, was, that was all. He was just making his shit up on go. the ground. Yeah, which is. Interesting. I couldn't. I'm not a Chappelle man at all. Oh, sorry. 
Oh, good. There it is. Okay, it's begun. <laughs> <sighs> that Jesus hurt. Christ. You're going to hear us sigh a lot. Obviously. That was like a, a oh, lightning bolt sure through me. I'm sure for you. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. I, I, I couldn't believe that that was improv from him. I think that I think he he knew what he was doing with those lines. <laughs> I don't think it was he so much. I don't think it was so much that like, whoa! Can you believe that stuff he came up with was improv? I think it's more that he probably just didn't have many lines and he just yeah. was. Yeah. I'll say this: this is funny. Yeah. The um the only other thing I had in my 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 initial thoughts there was um to what degree could you call this a happy ending? Because surely many 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 people died Ooh, <laughs> when yeah. a plane crashed into plane a casino. Well, all the way down down the strip into a casino. Not to like, mention all the, a lot of people died. All the police officers serving their country at the yeah, yard. Exactly. Like we okay, he saved his mate. Oh yeah, they got picked. He yeah. saved his mate with diabetes, but killed like a thousand people yeah. in a casino. And then the serial killer who killed thirty seven people is walked free. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Garland yeah. is just chilling there in a casino. He wore a woman's head as a hat through three states. But I'm glad that the good guy got away. Garland. Good man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Even Cyrus, I was like, I, I had had a soft spot for uh because he's against rape. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. that's the one value he had. Yeah, yeah I hate rapists. Oh, oh he's, I he's he, you them. know what? He ain't that bad. Yeah, just get to know him. <laughs> what about you, Greg? How was the rewatch for you? Uh yeah, it was a treat. I mean, it's I've watched this once or twice since since ninety seven. Yeah. Um it pops up every now and then. So it wasn't like fresh, particularly fresh territory. Yeah. Um, but it was it was it was a nice viewing. Yeah. Easy viewing. I I did probably this time noticed how good the cast is, which yeah, I d- pretty massive, isn't it's it? It's massive. Even like Danny Trejo, I was watching it going, "Who's this poor man's Danny Trejo?" And I was like, I know, "Oh, that's Danny Trejo. Trejo. <laughs> it's just that's, young Danny younger. <laughs> he just didn't have a mustache yet. Yeah, yeah, which was a bit of a that was a actually that was a bit of a mind fuck. Um, yeah, the cast was the big call out watching it this time yeah. around. Like it was a deep cast. Should we get into the cast? I've got a few bits of that. I really walked into this thing that you were going to destroy this movie. No. Really? Yeah. I was getting ready to get, you know. Defensive. Get my gloves up. No, I think think I've caught this out a couple of times. So we do a pretty vast variety of films on this podcast. And different different movies I will evaluate on different criteria. That's why I have issues with uh, Christopher Nolan films because – he positions them as something else. You think he, you think he's positioning them as, as intellectual genius? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like if real mind bending. Yeah, exactly. Meta. What if? Whoa. Oh, yeah, yeah. Whoa, That's whoa. why I think the Batman ones he's done are the best because it's hard. You can't really get that pretentious with it. Is it's this like, man a actually movie. a bat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I think movies. You always you give it the lens of the genre within which it plays. Doing. So like you know we'll give a van we give most Van Damme movies ten out of ten. Because we love Van Damme per- movies. Because they're perfect yeah. in every way. And, but yeah, I think, you know, yeah, each movie should be evaluated within the realm of what it's trying to actually do. And this one is very much in the area of uh, a platform for Nicolas Cage to have his hair blow in the wind. And I think it succeeds uh, in, in spades. Oh, how do I made an interesting point there before greg that maybe perhaps this was a slightly unconventional cast 
slightly unexpected cast, like for what is essentially a pretty action-y, bro-down film. Yeah. You're getting all these interesting different actors in there. The bad guys are essentially Don Malkovich and Steve Buscemi. Well, he's, he's done a few bad guy yeah. roles, but not this type of movie. Yeah, I had a bit of a dig on that because I was like, oh, yeah. oh, this you never see this caliber of actor in an action movie. Yeah. But I think you, you kind of do. Like, I, Well, I think you do now. I now. reckon it's this maybe. So maybe, oh, so... This is the thing because, because I researched now because, to say yeah because Armageddon was after this, and that was still Bruckheimer, but it was Michael Bay and Bashemi's back. I think this became like a thing of like oh you get the unexpected person in there because Marvel basically does it. Like Robert Downey Jr. was not the obvious choice back in the day. Chris Hemsworth was not famous. I mean he was around, but he wasn't. Uh, I mean he looked like a god. He was already Thor. He was already on Dancing with the Stars in Australia, like literally, yeah. He was on Dancing with the Stars. That's the career point he was at when he got cast in Thor. So, like, was it? Yeah. Wow. So this is the thing, like, to make it his uncommitted. Fucking uh, Cumberbatch is a Marvel superhero. Paul Rudd. Like, so I think the idea of bringing unexpected people in is maybe part of the legacy of this movie and maybe part of why this movie is something a, something a little special. I was foolishly looking at my... I knew there was something there and I tried to look at now for it, but really the magic was that this was the first. So I should have been going backwards in my research. Right, yeah. (laughs) Strategist. (laughs) Cage Cage talks about it here. I think the genius, if there is a genius of that movie, I think Jerry Bruckheimer's genius, I would say, is that he he knew how to make formula pictures, you know, extraordinarily commercial, but he came at it with an independent edge. I mean, all the actors in that movie, people like Ving and John Malkovich and you know, Buscemi, we're all, we all came out of in- indie movies. So that was kind of his, I think, Jerry's true genius with that. So no one knew these guys before? Oh, they were, they were known, oh, no, but, but was, they weren't doing this stuff. They weren't doing this kind of thing. So, like, John Malkovich, to be honest, he's probably the one I know the least about. Let's come back to him. Buscemi. Often a Coen Brothers guy has lots of Coen Brothers movies. Trejo in lots of uh, Danny Trejo in lots of Robert Rodriguez films. Obviously Cage. Even at that point, Cage is one of, an unconventional choice to a degree. We'll come back to that. But here's a little fun fact for you. A little quiz for you guys. A little quiz. Out of uh, Malkovich, Buscemi, Trejo, and Cage, who's been in the most movies? Malkovich for sure. And I'd go Cage. You'd go Cage. All right. So John Malkovich has appeared in more than 70 films. Steve Buscemi has appeared in more than 95 films. Oh, I was last. Cage has appeared in over 100 films. Trejo has appeared in 121 Whoa. films. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All thought, playing the I same character. you said who has not appeared in the most movies. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, so Malkovich is a weird choice. So he was a theatre guy. Yeah, he I was mean, in Streetcar Named Desire and Death of a Salesman and all those classic theatery things. I guess he was in. So I know him reasonably well. I'm quite. I'm pretty pro Malkovich. Oh yeah, he was in a couple of big ones before this. He was in Mice of Men of Mice yeah. of Men, and he was the bad guy in in the Line of Fire. Do you remember that? No, no, you guys haven't seen that. It's no. the, it's ah, oh, it's awesome. Like uh, early nineties thrillers and he basically plays the guy that's plotting so Clint Eastwood is this old retired bodyguard guy who's brought back to protect the president oh, from some yes, weirdo. I have seen this. 
I've seen a movie that you haven't seen. <laughs> <laughs> and he's the he's the bad guy. It's a mad yeah. movie. You should. Yeah, I've definitely seen right. that. That's it's, my kind of yeah. watch. It's good. I'll, I'll, let's do it. Yeah, I'm keen. Anyway. But yeah, that's the thing. I feel like I um, when I started going down this angle and thinking about this movie, I was like, yeah, John Malkovich is a weird choice. And I was like, wait, how many John Malkovich movies have I actually seen? It what about many. Rounders? Yeah, Rounders and being John Malkovich are basically it. But uh, yeah, he's been in heaps of Mice and Men, Dangerous Liaisons, being John Malkovich, lots of Oscar nominations along the way. I think he won for one of them. I can't remember which one. He also launched a fashion company in 2002 called Mr. <laughs> Mud. His collection was called Uncle Kimono. That sounds interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's very preppy. It looks like Chris Manson would have won circa 2006. Ah, so Ed Helms in the office, you know, that kind of... Yeah, that kind of yeah, vibe. there were some uh, daring years. Yeah. <laughs> you were quite fond of like a bright-coloured plaid. Plaid? Plaid. 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 Like plaid. So Chris Manson and I used to work together. That's how we know each other. In fact, all three of us used to work together. But Chris Manson was the first person I met when I started on the job. And um, I was like, what a nice man. I thought he was about 30 years old at the time. I was, <laughs> I was Due 22. Due to the colourful plaid. I was 22. And then like on my second day, it was Manson's birthday. He was turning 20. And he dressed like a thirty-year-old man. In case, if you need, a, <laughs> if you need a more uh, like a reference point in your mind, think of Carlton from Fresh Prince. Oh yeah, that's, but yeah. with big belt buckle. Yeah, that's yeah, probably that pretty spot on. Meets a but Western. mentally, I wanted to be Will Smith on Fresh Prince. <laughs> so did Carlton. Um, yeah, <laughs> actually, Tristan dressed like Fresh Prince. Oh, so yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that works. Yeah, I think yeah. I was also dipping into Uncle Phil a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Anyway, moving right along. Good. <laughs> Buscemi, 95 plus movies, Coen Brothers guy. He's sort of a mini cage in a way though because he's obviously done heaps of cracker fucking great movies but then for some reason he's in, he's in every single Adam Sandler movie. So yeah. all those movies ones that like, is he cast in every movie because of his goggly eyes? Uh, is that of, why I mean, he's, he's a good actor. He's you know, got he's, a lot of, he's also an amazing like director and producer, isn't he? Like, Is he? I haven't got into that. What was the, what was that TV show that was, where he played Nucky Thompson, like the Broadway Empire, yeah. He played like a hard ass in that, and I was yeah. like, "Oh shit!" And in all the Coen Brothers shit, is really good. Oh, I love him. It's all yeah. time. And he's had m- numerous offers to fix his teeth, and he's like, "No, this is my teeth." <laughs> yeah, no, he's a badass. He's a big friend of the show. Oh, big friend of the show. You know what kind of a badass he is? So he was a firefighter from 1980 to 1984 uh, with Engine Company Number Fifty Five. He was a yeah. firefighter. Yeah, in Little Italy. And then in 9-11, day after 9-11, he goes down, returned to his old firehouse and volunteered. And he worked 12-hour shifts for a full week, digging through the rubble and looking for firefighters and shit. What a legend. Garland Green, huh? Yeah, good man. Um, Danny Trejo, man. So this guy was in a lot of Robert Rodriguez films. It turns out he's the cousin, the second cousin of Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, Yeah, they're they're related, are they? Um, But they didn't know that at the time until they started working together. So it's one of those things. Uh. But he was in and out of prison in the 60s. He's now been sober for 42 years. But he was like in prison legitimate. Like he, he was, was in big there for time, 10 wasn't years. He? And, yeah. And he was a boxer in there. He became like pretty legit boxer. He's got a taco restaurant. He's got all kinds of business. He has really good now. traps. He's got great traps. Um, great he's got traps. really cool old school tats and shit too. And he's a. He's a. He's really fucking he's cool. Legit. And you, if you're friends of the shows, if you, if you don't know who he is, you do. He's in everything. He, um, did you see him? He was in the, in the media like this week. 
Yeah, because he saved someone. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the there was a car, car, a car yeah, crashed like, next to him or something. Yeah, he, that's cool. He like, climbed in and dragged out a baby. So yeah. this is a beautiful thing. So he, he witnessed a, co- a collision uh, at an intersection and helped extract a baby trapped in the child safety seat. And when he was asked about it, he said, everything good that's happened to me happened as a direct result of helping someone else. Everything. So he's, again, oh, another legend. Why good are all man. these people such legends? That gives yeah. me the goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> right? But It'd be good to see him in something that he's not like the Mexican dad dude. But his part of his thing is that. So he made a, apparently he made a conscious decision. I think he's acknowledged he looks like a bad guy and he has been a bad guy and he wants to send the message out that the bad guy always loses. So he noticed oh, every man. time he plays a bad guy, he dies or something. Wow. But he's got this really cool story of how he even, even got into movies. So he was a boxer in prison and then when he got out of prison, he was a youth counsellor and... One of the youths he was counselling was on set in a film and it was like one of those things, one thing led to another. Um, he talks about it here, which is pretty juicy. You know what? I was a drug counsellor, all right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I was, I was uh, trying to be a, a extra on a movie called Runaway Train. Mm-hmm. And one night this kid called me up and said, hey, will you please come down here, man? I'm having a little trouble trying to stay clean. You know, I worked for a place called Western Pacific over in in, in uh, Glendale, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, man, that night a uh, uh, a friend of mine named Eddie Bunker that I was in the pen with said, "Uh, you know, are you still boxing? He's still boxing the joint." I heard I that. Said, I'm training. You know, he says, "You know what? We need somebody to train one of the actors how to box." I said, well, "What's it pay?" And he said, uh, three twenty a day." Yeah, like man. I said, "Damn, how bad you want this guy beat up?" And then, how many days you want me to beat him up? Like, right, like three hundred twenty. Like, take twenty minutes to beat him up. <laughs> he started training an actor named Eric Roberts how to box for a movie, Runaway Train. And the director saw me and saw that me and Eric got along. So, I never. Andre Kajalowski says, Russian, right? Mm-hmm. You be in movie. <laughs> You fight Eric in movie. When he said that, everybody jumped up and said, he's not SAG. I'll oh, never forget. Oh, like the haters. Like, Andre, he's not even part of the deal. Wait, Andre, Andre goes, make him SAG. That's nice. That's good. cool. What a dude. Yeah. What a dude. Good good man. Great man. So e- equally uh, unconventional casting choice is Cage himself. It seems odd to say that in hindsight, but kind of is, right? Mm. Um, other than The Rock, which was probably only six months before this, like The Rock, this, and then into Face Off was like, I, I think must have been a turning point into the new era of Cage, the Cage we know now. Because before yeah. this, again, Coen Brothers, he's done Coen Brothers shit. He's a Coppola. He's Francis Ford Coppola's nephew. So that's that the helps. Godfather guy at Manson, the guy that directed Godfather. Oh, yeah. That's he's his nephew. He changed his name. <laughs> <laughs> He, he changed. I his, like the money pit. <laughs> <laughs> he cha- <laughs> he changed his name so as to avoid perception of nepotism, and I say perception because also he was in a movie called Peggy Sue Got Married, directed by his uncle. But obviously, he'd done Leaving Las Vegas. I remember. I forgot about this until I read it. But remember that romantic comedy? It could happen to you, where he left. Yeah, he, he left her. He left her a check like, if check I win the lottery tomorrow, for something like that. Yeah. This is the kind of shit he was doing. Like he was a bit of a crazy drama guy. He's it's romantic comedies and it's comedies. He's quirky, but he's not necessarily an action guy. So that's pretty. He won an Oscar for Leaving Las Vegas. Like this is 
I was trying to think of an example today, but to your point, Gregory, this has kind of become a trend now, casting unconventional choices. But someone just completely disconnected from action movies suddenly becoming an action star. Almost Chris Pratt, I guess, maybe Chris Pratt. It's not the same thing, but I guess it's the most distant, maybe. If you had said Chris Pratt was going to be an action star. Yeah, he'd be like, what? Like, what? Andy Dwyer? What? What? Isn't he he working at a... Arby's? Yeah. So what are your thoughts on this? Like he is a, he is extremely physically fit in this film, like more than I remembered and more than I ever thought he was. Fit. Would you – do you count him as lap pack? So Manson, no. are, you, are you familiar with lap pack? It's lateral packages. Yeah, lateral packages. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, it's a bucket of – Actors and films that we've uh, coined here on the show uh, called the Lat Pack. So you know how you got your Brat Pack, your Rat Pack, you know, the different genres of movies. So the Rat Pack is the Frank Sinatra movies and all that kind of shit. I don't the, think he knows. <laughs> the, the Brat Pack's like the Breakfast Club and all that kind of shit. And then there's the Frat Pack, which is like the Vince Vaughn movies and all that shit. We call this the Lat Pack. This is the big muscle-bound heroes, our Arnie's, our Stallones. Yeah, <laughs> thank yeah, you. I good. thought it was quite clever. Yeah. And what we're questioning here, Manson, is does Nicolas Cage get entry into this lat pack? Does he fit the bill? I want to say, I feel like I'm leaning towards yes. I don't know how, how you, you guys feel uh, on the topic. I think not really. Not really? Yeah. Yeah? Because he's... It's not enough? Yeah. It's just I, the one movie, right, that he was... Oh, he's in jail. Uh, I just don't think he's quite lat pack. Lat pack are... Pretty defined, I think. I agree they are pretty defined, but he's got to be close, right? Like in this he, role he is. You could imagine, like, if he if he showed up in Expendables 4, you wouldn't be shocked. Ooh. That's okay. a good one. Which I is, like also, that. is always, that's the filter <laughs> yeah, I always apply. Like that one. That's the filter that's I always That's your filter. Add. Yeah, yeah. I guess, look, I guess with that filter, you've got, you've got a point. But maybe not coming in as Cameron Poe, coming in as the character from The Weather. No, man. only as Cameron Poe. No. Oh. <laughs> or, the, or The Family Man. As The, the family, family Man, man. yeah. yeah. Tia, I've got the with, Declaration with of Independence, tea. Expendables. <laughs> <laughs> Don't fire. Put the Declaration back in the box. <laughs> um, in any case, it's definitely he, yeah, a turning point. I guess he's one of those guys that could he could be friends with all the jocks. He could be friends with the nerds. You know, he goes to a party. That's a, that's kind a of, fucking he, good point. He blends with... I think that's probably, <laughs> that's probably what pulls him out of the lap pack because he has so much beyond lap pack yeah, yeah, stuff that's, going I guess on. that's where I'm... Yeah, that's a good point. Because man, he's a fucking great actor. Like, I legitimately love him as an actor. He's done he's done way too many movies and made some poor choices. But man, have you seen adaptation? Fuck. Yeah, that's next level. That's like, but also I like this. Don't get me wrong. But they're like the fact that he's ticking all these different boxes. Yeah, like Ghost Rider. (laughs) I actually really like Ghost Rider. (laughs) You do. Yeah, just because it's like it's so bad, it's good. I think the point you kind of landed on there, Greg, is very interesting. So. He can go from adaptation to Con Air. Like, who the fuck else could do that? Man, like, no one in the lap pack. Nope. So I think that's he gets he gets lap pack visitation rights, but maybe he's not a <laughs> lap pack core. Yeah, 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 yeah. He'd be invited to the to the parties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you, are you ref- going to reference his silly purchases? Because that kind of oh uh, yeah, get into it. Because that's cool. Because that kind of references back to National Treasure then as well. Because oh. he's such a history buff and then he just starts buying all these things that he's passionate about and what then having to give them back. 
Oh, like the well, dinosaur skull was a good one. But then he and the he, he gets into yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he 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 got into like it's like mythology and stuff like that, and and everything he gets into, he goes so hard at it that he just starts buying everything that relates to it, like castles all over the world, and oh, like um, me with podcasting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're in the most high-tech studio in the southern hemisphere. We're speaking right now. now into dinosaur skulls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he spent he he spent like what is it, hundreds of millions of dollars on just his passion stuff. He bought yeah, the dinosaur he, skull, he bought pygmy heads. He's pretty notoriously bad with dough, isn't he? Like yeah. yeah. They say that's why he keeps choosing well, just, not choosing, just he's doing. He's not getting yeah. to choose. That's doing why he's movies. done 95 films. That's why he's done every yeah. movie. Apparently <laughs> John Cusack was the same as well though because he, he hates this movie with a passion but he knows that he has to do this one. Yeah. Just so he can do the ones that he wants to do. Pay the bills. Yeah. yeah. That's what they say. So you do your movies nice. and then you do occasionally you do the ones that pay the bills. Yeah, I'd rather just do the ones that pay the bills. Should I do a plot? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Ever wondered what happened to the young bullies from Forrest Gump? The kids that chased Forrest and Janae? They grew up. Damn right. Cameron Poe was one of these kids. Oh. Ooh. Cameron Poe was one of the bullies from Forrest Gump. Interesting. Yeah. Remember he's talking about he did a little hell raising when he was a kid, nothing serious? He was just a bit of a rap bag, a bit of a bully. Good. But, you know, like many poor kids in the southern states, he enlisted himself and made a man and made a man out of himself and went off to war for a decade after knocking up a hot chick. <laughs> so, yeah, he's trying to right the wrongs of a misspent youth as an Alabama bully. So he does his 10 years, gets an honourable discharge, goes home to meet his southern belle, Anyway, so she's working at this dive bar getting hit on by all the local creeps. Poe nearly has a fight with him. You know, you see his old ways coming back. He's like, kind of weird that, she, that he came back and he hasn't seen his wife in however long. And, oh, let's meet up at the, the pub. Where you work. Where you work. Yeah. We the, work. No, she, she was she working. There. Oh, she was working work. there. Yeah, oh, she I was working there. But also, it. yeah, like, oh, come yeah. on. Take a Take, take a, a day off. I'm yeah. getting back yeah. after 10 years. Yeah. yeah. What is it with him in 10-year blocks? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they've, so they've been dating for like five days in 20 years. Yeah, and somehow Wait, impregnated her. Pregnant? Yeah, that's exactly, yeah. She got impregnated and, Whoa, the, kid looks, and kid. the kid looks heap like Bubba Gump. Oh, yeah, <laughs> there it is. Bubba, Bubba. <laughs> oh, yeah, we haven't got the Bubba yet. Oh, yeah. I've been, we have, we've purposely not said it. <laughs> <laughs> but he even arrives on a fishing boat, doesn't he? <laughs> right, so he arrives on a uh, Bubba Gump. Yeah, I'm Bubba Gun <laughs> It's crazy. So then he, uh, yeah, he gets into his fight there. And he could have gotten that car. He could have just gotten that car and driven away. Yeah, he should have. But he chose to, like, fight these guys and give them the old nose in the brain. Yeah. The old nose in the brain, yeah. And then they scurried away with a knife. So they took the knife. That was where it Oh, went. I didn't notice that. Okay. That's so bad. they pulled a knife. That's ah, why he did the damn. demuck to his nose. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's why it was bad because it didn't look like no that. proof of, yeah, oh, man. No proof of weapons. So it just looked like he worked him over. So he goes to jail all pretty quickly, as the guys, as we said earlier. And then in jail, he meets Bubba Gump. He does, literally. Yeah. Michael T. Williams. Is that his name? Bubba. What's Bubba? His name's not Bubba Gump, though, is it? Bubba. Bubba. 
Yeah, so then he goes to jail and he gets out of jail and he's going home. Yeah. He's going home to meet his 10-year-old daughter and his wife. But little did he know that besides him and Bubba Gump on this plane are a bunch of baddies who plan to take over the plane. Mm. Pretty crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah. It seems, while very carefully orchestrated plan, very heavily reliant on some very specific things happening in just the right order. Mm. They make it look so easy to pick locks too in movies, don't they? Oh, yeah. Like, what's the point Instantly. of having a key? Like, you can just poke anything around in there. You can just yeah. poke any, literally anything. You got yeah. a paperclip, got a key. Yeah, yeah. Well, apparently they have mittens now. They give them mittens on the pla- on the planes when they're transporting really? so oh. that they can't actually pick the locks. After Con Air. Probably after Con Air. Well, yeah. Con Air was one. So that was a new thing at the time. Uh, transporting prisoners on planes, apparently. So maybe after Conair. Anyway, so you got the the worst of the worst on this plane. You got some creepy Cyrus virus, Malkovich guy. You got some rapey guy, others. And uh, then he fights them on the plane. <laughs> That's the movie. <laughs> well, I'd tell you, I'd tell you what else happens. Uh, a, a huge plot point in the movie is is his him saving his diabetic friend's life. Now, if he yeah, really cared was... about his diabetic friend, would he be feeding him these pink coconut marshmallow things I asked oh, you today? Oh, dear God. Huh? <laughs> the opening montage of the film, of the of his prison sentence, he says, wow, these, these pink coconut things don't do make me popular around here. <laughs> and then he gives them to his friend Bubba, who, for all we know, got diabetes from his fucking unhealthy... <laughs> Unhealthy uh, eating habits that he get from from Cameron Poe. That's your manslaughter right there. <laughs> like getting your friend diabetic, not just the the nose in the brain. And then uh, it, it 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 really jerks my chin. Yeah, sit down, Tristan. <laughs> <laughs> jerks your chin. Jerks my chin. <laughs> I don't know. Is that a say? I think it I don't is. Know. But sure I, didn't, it is. I didn't know how to end that rant, so I just got there. <laughs> also, we glossed over it, but you're absolutely right, Greg. This is it's Bubba. It's Bubba. It's, it's actually him. Bubba. And, and, and Cameron Poe's accent is very Gumpian. And yeah. in, so especially Gumpian. in that line when he's talking about those, those pink coconut. Yeah, green. he does this montage. Yeah, that was the period that did. Yeah. It really like sounds a, like, and literally in that same shot, suddenly Bubba, yeah. Gump, Bubba shows up and you're like, whoa. Yeah. whoa what is happening yeah. here? Yeah, so my spin on that is like, this should have been just a chapter in the Forrest Gump movie. Yeah. <laughs> Where and hear me out cuz I think this is a better war crimes. ending. This is a better ending than the one we got, right? They go to prison so, for war crimes together. No, 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 this is better. This is better. This is better. Forrest comes back from the war from Vietnam. Um he does that speech in that thing and yeah. and she runs down the water and she's like, "Forrest, Forrest." They hook up. And um the same thing happens. She's working in a bar, they get in a fight. He's being Forrest Gump. He defends her oh. honor and accidentally kills a guy. He was Knows, touching oh, you. Good. He was touching you. No, straight up in the brain. Gump goes to prison. Gump's hair recedes as his hair grows longer. <laughs> he get, he, Gump, Gump receives some pink coconut things that gather him from friends. One from uh, Bubba. Even though Bubba already died. There's a flaw in this story, but you get where I'm going with this. But this could be the end of Forrest Gump where he gets out of prison and then uh, so she, he finds out he has a kid and like all that kind of shit. That could all still work. And the idea of him being on this plane and saving the day is very Gumpian and everything working out for him and that kind of shit. Mm. It would be a beautiful third act to that that's film, good. I tell you. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And that's and how DHL was, was invented. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that's exactly. 
and I've been at Amazon.com because he was transporting one book with him and Jeff Bezos that's was at the casino yeah. and was going, that's it. Um, <laughs> but also I think it would remove a lot of the Jenny hate as well because it wasn't so much Jenny's fault. It wasn't that she left him and all that kind of shit. It's that he went to prison. And she was a good baker, which people appreciate. <laughs> She made the pink things. No, she didn't make oh, them. She made they those? were branded. They were in plastic. Yeah, they're a pa- they're. A- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hate Jenny. <laughs> but I think that could work, right? That's yeah, not a that's bad good. Movie I'd watch right that. There. Did he honestly watch Gump to get his accent? He though? must have. Hey, like that's bizarre. Unless unless we're just totally ignorant. Kate, that's or what Bubba. an Alabama accent really just sounds like. It's well, a pretty, I think so it sounds a pretty. Fake accent. We all thought that. <laughs> sounds pretty exaggerated in some yeah. way, right? <laughs> you guys want to do some recasties? Oh, I don't really have any good ones for these. I had Jake Gyllenhaal for Nicolas Cage. Yeah, no, that's, that's good. good. That's good, man. I like that. I like that. Um, I had Kevin Spacey for Steve Buscemi. Uh, and also, no, fuck, let's go back. Jake Gyllenhaal is perfect. Oh, it, it really yeah, is. That's pretty because good. It's, also, <laughs> it's, it's that same background. That's an unconventional choice. Yeah. Because he does quirky, weird dramas and comedy, not comedy so much, but he does like these weird, quirky characters. But he could like, be that's an action kind of dude. He's, he's, he's sort of like. But he's really become like that guy, if you want a weird performance, get mm. him. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, he also like has that. brown good. hair. And he also is pretty <laughs> jacked these days. Yeah. It works pretty well. And he could wear long hair. Yeah, it works. Oh, nailed it. Great, Carney. That's uh, that's probably the best recasty. I think, yeah, that's so good. Far. Stop it. Good luck, Manson. Denzel Washington. Yeah, it basically Denzel just nutty professoring himself across every single <laughs> 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 the sex tuplets. <laughs> I did he's have. He's not joking. Manson <laughs> referred to his notes to make that point. <laughs> Ooh, let's check. Uh, <laughs> I did have. Uh, well, the only one I could figure out a recasty for would be Buscemi, and that would be. Macaulay Culkin. Oh, yeah. Today, today, Macaulay Culkin, not not Home Alone one. Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would have been Culkin. Culkin. Yeah. Culkin. 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 <laughs> or or Nicolas Cage as himself. Just being the crazy Ooh. person. He's committed so many crimes. Just the, <laughs> oh my god, that's, that's Nicolas Cage. Which Nicolas Cage? Does have you seen Nicolas the Cage? Yeah, as as the person strapped in. <laughs> have you seen <laughs> his video? Stop monologuing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, so I said Matt Damon already for Boring Pants. Oh yeah, <laughs> I had yeah Kevin Spacey for Buscemi, and then I had Harvey Keitel for Colm Meany. I don't really know why. You said Kevin Spacey for Buscemi. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. What's the What's the final verdict, fellas? Loved it. Rewatch, rewatch material. It's a rewatch. Absolutely. Don't you can't. I think you lose by attempting to remake or reboot or whatever. You lose any magic that they managed to capture in this precise moment in time. I think it's a rewatch. One hundred percent. Who's your MVP? Buscemi. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because totally. it's your intro to the him emotions. Too. Yeah. So you were just like, who the fuck? We didn't even talk guy? about the girl scene. The little girl. Yeah. Like that was. That would have been a lot darker if they didn't show her waving to the plane. Waving, yeah. yeah they should have just Imagine left if they it didn't show unknown. that. Yep. <sighs> Who's your MVP, Greg? Uh, I, I had also written Buscemi's name down. Really? I thought uh, Malkovich was pretty good in it too. Uh, they're probably my favorites. Yeah. Who you got? Uh, it might sound boring, but I had Cage. Yeah. Just, uh, it was just. Just a good, good low key. Just a good solid Cage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was a real solid. sweet spot. 
I would. It, it didn't really warrant any crazy cage, but there were some good cage moments in there. They put the right, right back in the bowl. Run, run a yellow ribbon round the old oak tree. Daddy's coming home <laughs> on October first. I'm meet my daddy. My daddy coming home on October first. It's my birthday. <laughs> it's my birthday. <laughs> yeah, it's my dad on my birthday. Anyway, good movie, great movie. Rewatch material for sure. What we got coming up soon, Greg? Oh, we we got some movies coming up. I think the coming up uh, pretty much very next is Last Action Hero. Last Action Hero. Um, how did you find uh, your first uh, guest appearance, Chris Manson? It was good. How would you good. describe the experience? I'm surprised that we agreed on a number of items yeah. in this movie. I was really expecting me to walk out quite upset. Well, if you listen to the show, Manson, you would know that we like <laughs> movies of all shapes and sizes. I loved your Naked Gun. Naked yeah. Gun, you, you guys nailed Naked Gun. Yeah. Well, hopefully that. you'll say you like the Conair episode too. Yeah, when you, when you cut out everything <laughs> that I've said in this entire episode. <laughs> Thank you for gracing us with your presence, Manson. It's been a pleasure. It's been uh, uh, a real treat, may I say. It has been a real treat. treat. Let's do this again, huh? Your silky smooth voice on our little eardrums has been delightful. Did you like Con Air? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Let us know. Hit us up on the uh, the old Instagram, the the Gmail, Double Impact Podcast. Dot com. You got to say dot com at the end. Uh, for yeah. So okay. Otherwise, uh, it doesn't geez. work. Greg getting all net on me. HTTP colon backslash backslash www. Forward slash? Forward slash? Oh, crap. <laughs> slash slash? I've been into that. Hey, uh, <laughs> yeah. So you go, so you go W, colon. How do you know it's, how do you tell them which is a forward and which is a